Oh. So when, when we have a desire in Christ Jesus to know who we are, to know our identity, a purpose has already been created. A purpose has already been expected. I truly believe all of heaven know something about your and my purpose before you and I know it. I truly believe that purpose is a destiny that God has created way before you were born in your mother's womb. Jeremiah 1.5, one of my, I just love this verse. It's, it's, it's be, while you're being formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, says the Lord. You see, he had purpose for you. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, he knew you. In your mother's womb, as you were, were growing, it's not subject to your, your dad and your relationship with him. It's not subject to your mom and your relationship with her. It's subject to God, our Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our relationship with him. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters if you don't have good relationships around you, but the relationships around you must not ever get in the way of your purpose. And one thing we need to focus on more and more, you see, joy is a choice, but your purpose has already been chosen. So joy, we have to choose joy every morning, every day. We find the joy of the Lord is our strength. We choose that joy. And with joy in our hearts, can we finally experience peace that passes all understanding and then we start to move towards the purpose. But it's not finding your purpose. It's actually beginning to understand the purpose that God has for you and for me. So what do you do when your situation's around you and struggles, pressures, pandemics? What do you do when, when it seems like you, your lifestyle is hard or impossible to get out of? What, what do we do when, when the weights of this world seem so heavy? We seem bound and captive by the issues and the problems of this earth. What do we do about that? Maybe some of these, these situations that I'm talking about are, are insecurity. Maybe, maybe you don't know the understanding of your purpose, the identity of Christ Jesus in us. Maybe there's a lack of finances or a lack of monies, and the pressure is becoming overwhelming, and, and, and that can lead into unhealthy relationships. Maybe you just have an unhealthy relationship, an unhealthy marriage, an unhealthy relationship with family, whatever it is. These pressures and burdens just start ramping up. And it's almost like you're crushing, being crushed under the weights of the things around us. But you see, God's destiny for you is actually to live a life of abundance of joy. His destiny for you, his purpose, is to live an abundance of peace. It's destiny and a purpose that we live life with the understanding that God has a plan for us. But we must be so careful what we listen to. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Also he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? So let me say as I go through this, 
The question I, I feel this, this scripture is asking us today, you're the light of the world if you know Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light, you have him in you, you become a light to the world. But it's asking this question, it's a loaded question with an answer. Are you supposed to let a basket, the things of this earth, cover you? Are you supposed to let a pandemic like a basket cover your light? Are you supposed to crawl under a bed and, and that you're supposed to be sleeping on top, but you crawl under where it's dark and hide? Is that the destiny, the purpose that God has called us into? Verse 22, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. This is, this is again, referring reference. Listen, listen, listen. You should not be a light that is covered by, by the problems, uh, the things of the world, the issues, the pandemics, the sicknesses, the diseases, the stress. I can't travel. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know what? You can't be covered by that. Verse 24. And then he said to them, this is Jesus. Take heed what you hear. He's saying, be careful at what you hear. Be careful to what you listen to. This is what the verse is saying. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will measure to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now let's look at this, verse 24, and open it up and try to apply it for today. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. In other words, what you hear is vital and radically important. Because what you hear is what you start to become. It's been proven over and over again scientifically that if you tell a child something that they, they, that they hear all the time, they will li literally begin to live what they keep being told that they are. Thus the world is telling our children false lies, false things which are lies and, and against the word of God, they are anti-Christ spirit to truth. Because it's very, very clear in my Bible. <laughs> no matter what age you are, what God, has cre what God created you in, male or female, that is your created being. That's clearly what my Bible says. You don't, you don't have a choice if you believe the Word of God. Take heed, he said then, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. So let's use that as an example of life today. In the negative side of life, uh, that's pretty much most news channels right now. If you keep listening and hearing the issues and the problems, the negativity, the caution is be careful what you listen to because with the same measure, you will use it. The same measure you hear it, it will be used in you. And when it's used in you, it will also be measured back to you. So if you start to get overwhelmed in depression, overwhelmed with the issues that are being spoken about over and over again, pretty soon you will start to be overwhelmed in depressed. 
You will start to become negative because everything you're hearing around you is negative. And as you become that negative lifestyle, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear more of negativity, of the problems, and you listen, more will be given. That's what the verse says. Now, I've never really looked at it to be used as a negative, but you see, the truth is this sets you free, and that same truth can walk you into condemnation. If you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it sets you free. If you truly, if you choose to believe in a false God, it sets you free in the false theologies of a false God. You get liberated in that movement. You hear what I'm saying? For whoever has, verse 25, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I want to make clear now, let's go back. And let's look at verse 24. I believe the way Scripture, the Word, has written it for you in my understanding. Then he said to them, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you hear. With the same measure you use. Be careful. Don't listen to the problems all day long. Listen to the solution. Listen to the solution. Because when you listen to the solution, the same measure you use the solution, it will be measured back to you. And then to you who hear through the solution, as more gets measured back to you, the solution becomes alive more, and more gets measured back to you, then more more and more of his love, his peace, his purpose will be given to you. For whoever has to him, whoever has the word, the hearing of the word, more will be given. But if you don't have the hearing of this word, even what you have will be taken away from you. If you search things out on social media, you know, I, I am getting mind-boggled. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very nervous at doing the updates. Apple does updates. Facebook does updates. Seems like we're getting more updates than I have ever seen before. But I'm intrigued that my wife and I can be talking about something. We're in the process of building a, building a, a home on our property, and we'll talk about something we need and all of a sudden, I'll open up Facebook, and it starts advertising what we were talking about. That seems a little bit intrusive. And when you start searching things uh, on the internet, uh, even if you go on the marketplace and you search, or you go to Google, whatever, and you start searching for a car or something like that, do you ever notice all of a sudden the ads are what you're searching for? This is called an algorithm, I guess. I'm not a computer expert. It's kind of like the automatic uh, reasoning. It's like it's reasoning what, you think, what they think you want now. So what you're searching, it will send you similar things. Thus, if you search bad things, you'll probably get more and more bad things. 
The same is true, I believe, in the spirit realm. I believe there are algorithms or automatic reasonings within the spirit. The things you like to listen to, whether it's it's hopelessness, self-doubt, unworthiness, negativity, etc., those algorithms invite more of the same things. They invite more hopelessness, more unworthiness, uh, a feeling of unworthiness, more negativity. What you listen to invites the algorithms around you to start speaking back to you. The things you like listening to make such a strategic importance that the Word of God need to speak it and say it. But this is also true about positive things. This is a side I like, and I, I choose to live on the positive outlook of what God has promised to us in His Word. So the more you, you love His Word, get into His Word, the more His Word starts coming to you. The more you are excited and happy about your marriage and you're encouraging your marriage, the more your marriage starts to come to you. I found super, super good solution, guys. If you want a good response from your wife in marriage, be a good response in marriage to her. Because as soon as you start speaking of her beauty, you start speaking of how much you love her. You start speaking of the great things that she's doing, the great things that she's accomplishing, thanking her for the little things that she does. I guarantee you, after 32 years of experience in marriage right now, I guarantee you, it comes back to you. If you listen and hear these good things, Let those algorithms of the Spirit send you the good things. If there's things in your life, whether it's relationships or TV shows or social media accounts, you're following articles, you're reading online, etc., and you're feeling frustrated, I've been really, you know, with with America and the elections this last year, uh, I've really watched a lot more American news than I've ever watched in my life. It's interesting because I also listened to a lot of prophetic words and theories and things that were going to happen that didn't happen and haven't happened, and I had to process. And, and I mean, I even one time you know, said, uh, said to Sharon and, and the kids, I says, you know, I, I think by what this person is saying, they have an inside connection. I think we should go out and buy a bunch of extra food and canned supplies, things that'll last a long time. I've got lots of food canned supplies. The day it was supposed to happen was like three or four weeks or three weeks ago. Maybe it still will. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Be prepared, absolutely. But it shows that what you listen to impacts your life. That's why when I hang around someone that's constantly negative all the time, I can't hang around them. They drive me nuts. Sometimes it's people that bring us down. How many of you have ever felt depressed by the people around you? Well, you might have to change the company you hang out with. And you're thinking, well, we're in a pandemic. Change the company. You hang around with. I'm not talking your husband or wife. 
I'm talking about the people that you're social texting, messaging, whatever it's called, the phone calls, the, the restaurant you know, lunches, and da-da-da-da. I mean, if it's a constant infiltration of negativity, change the company. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It's one thing to go into the world and preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. It's one thing when God calls you into the bar ministry and you're going in to lead people to Jesus in the middle of a bar. But I'll tell you what, if you hang around sinners over and over and over again, bad company around you, and you have no other good company, be careful. Do not be deceived. I have watched evangelists go down because instead of hanging with their, their good family and the good church, they became independent and they went out and all they did was to go into the dark, deep, dark, secret places to preach. And some of those are no longer serving God tell you what, it's not that we're not to go into the deep, dark places to preach the gospel, but it's that you don't go in without a good company around you. In these seasons, we need to find scriptures in the Bible that, 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 that talk the positive things, the good things, all the scripture is good, but I don't sit there and focus on things in the past Old Testament and Old Covenant. I don't sit there and focus on all the negative things. I focus on the call that God has called us for today in the New Testament and the New Covenant and the prophecies of the Old Testament that are speaking of the coming Christ, uh, that are speaking of the great things. It doesn't mean that Old Testament, Old Covenant, is, Old Testament is not applicable. It's 100% applicable. I just don't focus on all the doom and gloom of wars and cities being destroyed. What I do is I focus on the solutions so they're not destroyed. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 9, because we have to begin to have a transformed mind by choosing joy, peace, and walking in purpose. Because a transformed mind leads to a transformed life. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So what's your first thing to do every day? Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Uh, what does always mean? Always. Every way of life that you live in, all things that come your way in every day, 24-7, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, repeated, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And what happens when you, you actually live in verse 4? Verse 5 starts to speak of what the lifestyle is by a lifestyle of verse 4. Verse 5 says, and let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. You see, if you can't even be a gentle, gentle person internally unless you know how to rejoice in all things. 
I'm not saying all things make you rejoice. I'm saying rejoice in all times, in all trials, in all tribulations, in all joy, in all happiness. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Verse 6. If you live, verse 4, you're going to be gentle in your spirit. Verse 5 says, and verse 6, it says, and be anxious for nothing. <laughs> be anxious for nothing. So what can you what can you say will I have the right to be anxious about? Yeah, but Brent, you don't understand. Look at all the people dying. Look at all of this. Look at all of that. I'm not rejoicing in their death, but I'll tell you what. I am rejoicing in the word, the promises of the word of God that has set us free. When people are dying in a pandemic, all the more you and I need to be evangelizing and preach the gospel. It's an open door for the church to rise up and be the biggest and greatest evangelistic movement the world has ever seen. The time is now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means petitions. That, that by praying and petitioning God, but how do you do it? With thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Don't camp out crying out, Oh, God, I got so much pain. Oh, God, are you still there? Oh, God, do you hear me? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm just a, a dirty, wretched sinner. Oh, God, I'm just a nobody. Oh, God. No. When we pray with, with prayer and supplication, we're petitioning with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I truly believe that one of the algorithms in heaven for answered prayer is to pray through rejoicing in the good things that God has done. By celebrating the testimony of Jesus Christ, we go to the throne room with rejoicing, with prayer. I believe the kingdom then hears because it says, with thanksgiving, pray in supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. In other words, if you don't have thanksgiving, I'm not totally sure as a believer if you, you really should let your request be known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Meditate on these things. Ha, don't meditate on anything else right now but these things. That our prayer and supplication before him is brought with thanksgiving. Many times if you are with me when I start to pray, I usually always start praying by thanking God. I thank him. I, on the way here to church, Sharon and I, every Sunday morning, we're praying in the car. And on the way here, I'm even praying for the rain. And I'm like, I don't want the rain to, to really happen this much. But, but the rain, and I was praying for the rain. Thank you, God, for the rain because it's watering the trees and filling our lakes. And, and but deep inside me, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't mind some summer sun right now. But we pray with thanksgiving. And then the peace of God surpasses all our human mindset of understanding. And this peace will guard your hearts 
and minds through Christ Jesus. Meditate on these things. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, meditate on these things. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I will guarantee you, whatever season you are in life right now, there are things that are praiseworthy to be meditated on. Verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. In this season and time, we need to be strong and courageous, even in the middle of trials and tribulations. Take a look at Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Be strong and of good, good courage. For to this for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and of good courage. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. When we follow the law of Christ Jesus, even, even the, the Ten Commandments is the law of Moses. When we follow those, uh, because the Ten Commandments, Moses didn't create them. I believe God had to write them on stone because they were, all, they were already supposed to be happening. It's part of kingdom principle. It's not, I've heard some people say, well, Ten Commandments were all covenants, so they don't apply today. No, that's not true. They applied before they became Ten Commandments. They applied. And when you follow this word, you will prosper wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according. Listen, if you meditate day and night, you will begin to observe according to all that is written in it. You will start to live life as if this is your foundational role, which it is. For then you will make your way prosperous. How do you want to be prosperous? It's right here. It's right here in the Word of God. And then you will have good success. You want prosperity? You want to be a prosperous lifestyle? You want to live successful? It is right here in the Word. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. This is a commandment of God. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We need to tell testimony about what God has said in his word. We need to tell testimony of what God has said to us personally. 
and corporately. We need to tell testimony of what God has done in our lives, in our families, our churches. We need to meditate on what God has done. Don't meditate on the issues and the problems of this world. If we meditate on what God has done, this will make us successful in all the circumstances around us. Let me explain biblical medication. Uh, medication. Biblical meditation is medication. <laughs> but biblical meditation is not sitting around holding your fingers together and humming. Hum. No. Biblical meditation is a proactive, it's deliberate, it's strategic. It's taking, talking to Him. It's singing praises to Him. It's thinking about all the good things God has done for your life. And then when you're facing tough decisions or hardships, speak the blessing and the Word of God over you, over your family. And over your friends, when it's a difficult season, speak the blessing of God over you. And remember your testimony. God has always been there and will never leave you or forsake you. Remember the prophetic words of destiny that have been spoken over you. This word is full of your prophetic destiny. Pastors, leaders, friends that are of good character speak prophetic destiny over you. You are important. You are loved by God. You know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are adopted sonship, daughtership. You are a son, a daughter of God. He gives you the strength. He will never leave you or forsake you. The joy of the Lord that you choose to walk in His strength, His power, His authority in His name. Make a plan how to move forward from where you are now. If you're in a bad place, make a plan now and start moving forward into the goodness and the glory of God. If you apply the things that we've been talking about here in your life, they will change you. I truly believe we all need a fresh revelation of joy, a fresh revelation of peace, and then purpose of God will increase our success and prosperity in life. Take a look at Revelations chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you not, do not do that. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. But listen to this last part. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I could, I could say correctly right now that your testimony is the spirit of prophecy. 
Some people say, I don't have a prophetic word. No one's ever called me out. I never got anything prophetic. Your testimony of Jesus Christ in you is a spirit of prophecy on you right now. And God spoke about you through this word because he knew you. He loved you. He sanctified you. And if you know him as your savior, then you are his son and his daughter. When you see God do something amazing to somebody else, maybe one of your friends gets blessed, guess what? God wants to bless you too. He doesn't solo one person out or this person and say, you know what, I love them more than I love you. No, 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 that's a lie of the devil. He loves us all equally. Use prophecies as the weapons of warfare. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 to 20. 1 Timothy 1, starting in verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hermeneus and Alexander. This is a big ending of a verse. Whom I delivered to Satan, and they may learn not to blaspheme. Let's just look at that again. Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, Jim, John, James, Rebecca, whatever your name is, put it in there right now. Live according to the promise, the prophecies that have been previously made to you. Because by those prophecies, you fight a good fight. You walk in victory in every situation. Having faith and good conscience. But some have rejected it. Some have rejected the faith in Jesus Christ. And they've suffered shipwreck. Don't be one of those. Because God's purpose in you is not shipwreck. God's purpose in you is victory over every situation. If you're feeling negative and getting depressed, then focus more on God and all that He has done for you. Focus on what God has said He will do for you. Not just what He has done, but the prophecies of what He said He will do for you. And focus on what God has yet to do through you. This is the lifestyle of joy, of peace that leads to a fulfillment of God's purposes in your life.
Be blessed. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next Sunday.